I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hundred and forty-four days. That's how many days have passed since the National Hockey League decided to press pause on the 2019-20 season. 144 days since the global pandemic shocked and forever changed the sports landscape as we know it. It's been a long journey since that dark March afternoon, but we've made it to this day, August 1st, 2020. Hockey has returned. This day marks the first day in a two-month journey that 2014s will take the fight for the holy grail of hockey, Lord Stanley's Cup. One of those teams? Your Arizona Coyotes. Welcome everyone to Desert Dogcast, Five for Howling and SB Nation's official podcast covering your favorite hockey team from the desert. I am your host, Rob Leonio, joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Carl Pavlik and Rose Ford. We're also fortunate enough to be joined by a special guest. He covers the Nashville Predators for our enemy sister site on the forecheck. His name is Sean Smith. Thanks, Sean, for coming onto the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It should be a fantastic show. As we know, Arizona, Nashville set for a best of five series starting on Sunday for the Stanley Cup qualifiers. It should be a great matchup. And just really the rest of you guys, how excited are you to finally have playoff hockey back? I'm thrilled. I can't wait to finally have meaningful games. And, you know, I wanted the Coyotes to play hockey after my birthday in April. This wasn't quite exactly how I wanted it, but, you know, I'll take it. Yeah, it's definitely... An interesting time. I, I am really excited to be watching hockey again. It, it didn't even need to be playoff hockey, but the fact that it is, and it's a weird quasi play-in round playoff hockey, I just, I love it. I love it. It's esoteric and it's crazy and it's, I'm here for a hundred percent. Yeah. I'd say, you know, we're living in what I guess you could call strange times and, uh, I don't think there's ever a bad time for hockey. So even in strange times, I'm happy to see it. Yeah. And the, uh, just in general too, I'm like, again, like I've been waiting those long, those long amount of days for just hockey to come back. I, I didn't even care what it was, you know, playoff hockey or whatever it was. And as a fan of other sports too, I was excited for the MLB to come back. I was excited for, uh, you know, even the MLS because, Hey, you know what? Sports is sports at this time, but hockey just get, you know, that, that struck me. Another thing, too, that I really love going into this playoffs is we got like a March Madness style tournament where, you know, you have more teams. It's definitely expanded 24 teams and, you know, you can have upsets coming in and out and, you know, it's going to be a definitely madness to start this first week of the playoffs. Yeah, I can't wait for Sunday night, um, August 2nd 
o'clock. Actually, it's Sunday day for us at 11 o'clock. I have to keep reminding myself of that. Um, and actually finally get to see a series of hockey played by the Coyotes. Yeah. I think um, it's been tweeted a bunch today that it's been like since 1986 was the last time that the NHL did a best of five series, which in some ways doesn't make it seem as special, but it's like this is going to be really weird hockey to be watching. Like even watching the exhibition game felt kind of weird. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Had you watched a lot of the exhibition games to start this one off? I mean, I'll, I'll say the uh, I watched as you know, as much as I could. I'm working half the time, but uh, I literally I go on my NHL app, and while I'm driving around the city, I will uh, tune in to you know whatever game is on on the radio, you know, and try to you know plug it into my into my car and you know listen to it while I'm driving. I tried to do as much as I could. I watched the night games at home while I, after I got home from work. But I did as much as I could because I was just excited for hockey to come back, man. Yeah. I will say like the uh, the drone camera, there was a lot of that. That was very intriguing. And just uh, in general, seeing like the, the stands like that, it felt very weird. Like I'm glad I had a game to adjust to that before the series because I was like, this is like a weird video game level of hockey. I will. I will say this though, and and uh, Sean and Rose, I also do want to hear from you about that game presentation. If you guys got a chance to watch any the, the exhibitions, is I think that cons- all things considered, without spectators, you know, without all that you know crazy atmosphere that we're all used to of a hockey game or really a sports game in general, I think the NHL is doing a pretty good job. That tarp kind of almost hides that hides that fact. It makes it obviously it makes it look like uh you know. Uh, a smaller arena that, that you, you you know the fans aren't there, but at, it almost seems like you kind of don't really care at that point because you just you're just like kind of gun focused on that actual game that's going on. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, John. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I grew up uh, in Central California as an Oakland A's fan, and so I'm used to watching sporting events with a lot of empty seats or even entire levels of the stadium covered because there's no one there. Um, the Predators games are almost always sold out completely full and very, very rowdy. So seeing an empty arena, and I know that they've done some things with crowd noise and they've brought in like the goal horns and things like that, considering how awkward it could be with all of that missing, I think it's actually been, I think they've done a very good job because it doesn't seem like, to me, I didn't feel like I was missing out on a lot of other things besides, you know, what was going on on the ice. I will say that it's it's a, I watched exhibition games in both Edmonton and in Toronto and there seems to be a little bit of difference in the sound quality there. Like I had a really hard time hearing the Toronto announcers, but it's much clearer in the Edmonton games. Yeah. So um I'm just happy that we're playing in in the Edmonton games so I'll be able to hear everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I think the uh it seemed to me that the Toronto games crowd noise was pumped up a little higher than Edmonton as well. Yeah. And I didn't like that because, no. um, especially during the, the early morning and day games here in Arizona, I'm at work. So I have to hear the announcers to know what's going on. Don't tell my boss that I have hockey on while I'm working, <laughs> but you know, 
but I have to hear them, and I wasn't able to do that, so I eventually just turned the Toronto games off. What I did find awkward, though, from some of the games, and I think it uh, might have been the Battle of Alberta game, uh, the one I was listening to on the radio, at least. I'm not sure how it sounded on TV, but the fake cheering, I would say, if, like, a goal happens, you know, like, you can hear the cutoff of, you know, regular crowd ambiance to a, to a cheer, it, that sounded a little awkward to me. I'm not sure if that's the case of just the radio or TV, but hopefully they kind of figure that out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably going to be noticeable, I would think. Um, to some level, there's always going to be like that cutoff, but I mean, what are you going to do? I thought it sounded really good. Um, I wasn't able to really pick out what was the fake crowd noise versus like just like the general ambient sounds of hockey being played um which was really good i will say like the thing that threw me is i've played enough old school video games that that tarped over section i was like all right this is like a weird n64 textures haven't loaded version of hockey and i I love it and i want it more uh can we have the tarped off sections just during regular season games too just just for fun for me i'd like to be able to go to games again someday yeah that'd be fun too but i i want something weird and stupid that only i will enjoy on tv um i don't know if anyone else is of that opinion but i liked it we'll do it for the uh, preseason how about that john i'm curious um i didn't get a chance to watch the nashville game did they did they pipe in any of the chants that nashville usually does or anything like that so, you know, it's interesting because I didn't even acknowledge that it had happened with the first goal, but they did play the uh, the goal song, uh, I suppose. But And I think they even maybe – I think they play the song they normally play when the team goes on the power play. But what, what was missing, as far as I could tell, was, yeah, the, the You Suck chant. I, I didn't hear that aspect of it, although it does kind of go along with the goal song. So I'm hoping that's something that they're going to bring in once things really get kicked off. Did you know that Coyotes fans actually do a similar similar goal chant too? I've heard that before. Yes. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, I hear it all, like all over the place. I've heard it at college games. I've heard it at Roadrunners games. But it's well, it's just one chant here in Arizona. It actually started at college games and then got brought over to the Coyotes because it uh, was happening at ASU at U of A games. That's Arizona yeah. State University, University of Arizona games, the two big rival schools. I had heard it was happening at the old Phoenix Roadrunners games. I, that wouldn't shock me either. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't... By the time we scored, it, we were down like what? Uh, well, no, it was only 2-1. Uh, so, yeah. I didn't even notice that that chant wasn't there. Uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> well, apparently it wasn't there for Nashville either. It's, I, I don't know if they're planning on doing any sort of chanting or stuff i know that there were emails that went around the league where they were asking fans to send in videos yes that that, that was also i think what new york was one of the new york rangers were one of the teams that were doing that yeah it was one too the season ticket holders got it right i know the rangers were doing it because there was calls for a bread man chant that were like no one's ever done that why are you asking for that i wonder even how that would sound that would probably be really strange 
Well, that's because they didn't want to do want them to do the pot van sucks chant. Mm. <laughs> that nobody understands why they still do it. Yeah, who knows? Can we do a BLA chant just in the middle of nowhere? It would be very <laughs> Arizona. When LA isn't like, even not? in it. Absolutely, you know? yes. Beat LA. How about, how about just a beat LA chant? You know, at at least once every game. I think no matter, no matter what team it is, no matter where you are, uh, even if you live in LA, I am sure you just hate LA. Everyone I have ever like seen who is from LA just hates it. So I think it's a universal thing that they can just do every single game. Yeah, why not? Let's. Let's go ahead and uh, start uh, getting ready. Well, for, before we get to the, actually the actual series, I know we were kind of mentioning the exhibition games. Um, first, let's start with the you know the Arizona uh, Vegas game that happened on uh, Thursday, guys. Uh, at least Carl and Rose, what did you guys take out of the exhibition game um, as they get ready for Sunday? I hope they play better than that. Um, yeah, it was. Go ahead. It was a bit sloppy, too many penalties, especially from the defense. Um, why so many tripping penalties? I don't know. Um, and they really need to clean it up. Yeah, it was uh, it was on some level comforting that Coyotes' offense continues to be inconsistent. the The first half of that game was brutal, other than like the first uh, three to five minutes. The last period was good. Uh, I liked what I saw then, but there's a lot of problems that the Coyotes were showing last night that you have seen the entire season. Yeah. I mean, the the benefit of this all is, though, is it was an exhibition game, so it didn't didn't count against them, didn't count for them or whatever. Um, And it was good just to get get that out of the way. You know, they kind of got the sloppiness out of the way, and as you can tell, they picked kind of picked things up towards the end, did what they could. And that's, you know, at least somewhat of a promising look. And, and yeah, I mean, I want to say that. And you, Rose, you were going to respond to that? Yeah, I also just wanted to say that I now hate uh, Riley Smith and Alex Tuck because I'm pretty sure those two guys have scored on the Coyotes every single time we've played Vegas. Uh, I thought you were just going to say I hate Ryan Reeves. And I was honest, like, oh, I, I agree. Him too, him too, definitely. Yeah, that was... That was not a great hit. Uh, not exactly something you want to see in a exhibition game. Um, it wasn't as bad as Jordan Nolan's hit on Klesla in a preseason game, but uh, I did not like the look of that hit. Yes, and as of right now, we don't know if Nick Schmaltz is going to be able to play on Sunday, which would really stink. Yeah, he is um, definitely... I mean, I don't even want to call him low-key one of the Coyotes' best players. He is one of the Coyotes' best players. He led the team in points. Uh, He doesn't get talked about as much as a Clayton Keller or a Taylor Hall. But, I mean, he's great, and the team needs him going forward. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be uh, important to whether or not his status is. Um, And one of the things I I was listening to uh, NHL Network Radio today, and you know one of the things they were saying about the hit is yes, it was a con- it was a not a good hit at all, 
but like you can't really, but this is the kit you can't really discipline Ryan Reeves on. So it's kind of like a, you know, it's a difficult situation, obviously, if you're an Arizona Coyotes fan, because you're upset because Ryan Reeves isn't going to get disciplined. Obviously, he shouldn't, but. Why can't and, you and, discipline him? Yeah, you can, you can discipline that hit. I mean, I don't know. Did you get a chance to wa- watch this game at all, Sean? You want to? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I didn't see the first half of the Coyotes game. Um, I saw the second half of the game was when I finally got to tune in. And really what, what was kind of surprising to me was I think I tuned in right before that hit happened on Schmaltz. Um, and that was an ugly hit. And I, I think that that is definitely something you can punish. And in the Nashville game, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch that or not. We had a couple of questionable things happen on the ice in that game, too. I know that there was some kind of ugly knee-to-knee contact with Victor Arvidsson, and then somebody on the Stars uh, almost took Dante Fabro's head off with an elbow. So I'm really surprised at what I'm seeing out there. And it's cra- it's crazy that hits are happening during the you know these exhibition games. These kind of you know uh, physicality. Obviously, I'd expect them to be you know a little bit more laid back on the hits. Kind of like just get the skating out of there. Get you know you know shake off those legs and do what it can. So seeing these hits are crazy. Um, uh, I had- oh no, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. What I was what I was gonna say though probably to probably not not really backtrack on my saying that saying that Ryan Reeves shouldn't be disciplined, but I'm saying what, what I should probably say is he probably won't by NHL player safety, but I wouldn't like it, it wouldn't have surprised me if he did. It's kind of like in that you know gray area where yeah they can look at it yeah they're probably not you know I could I could have seen a fine or a game suspension and max out of that, but it definitely was not a good hit. I think. You know, hopefully, as you know, the game progresses, that that's a hit that should warrant a discipline and should definitely be looked at no matter what. And the thing is, is that I wouldn't even be looking for discipline if there had been a penalty in the first place. Right. Yeah. You know, there was a penalty called on that, but it was for the play that happened before. Uh, I will disagree with you, Rob. The it is not a surprise to me at all that we are seeing hits like this and and stuff like this going on the nhl purposefully it seems like stacked the exhibition games to be rivalries uh, yeah. putting pittsburgh and philadelphia on the ice um sean i'm not sure how big of a rivalry it is between dallas and nashville <laughs> same division you're gonna get something Boy, like, shame made the winter classic together yeah yeah the winter classic did a lot to really promote that rivalry and, and ratchet it up quite a bit. They don't they don't like each other. Yeah. So the NHL kind of to get people excited, which I don't think was necessary, um, the NHL is just on the baseline where it's like people don't care about exhibition games. Like this is the first hockey in a very long time. They could have had the most boring games imaginable and it would still get record ratings. You didn't need to have the Battle of Alberta warm up game. Not necessary NHL. It's the NHL. You know they want rivalries, and they want to keep doing it all the time. Of course they did that, especially since because in in the way that they've seeded the qualifiers in the playoffs, you don't know that you're going to be able to get the Battle of Alberta. You don't know that you're ever going to see, you know, Toronto and Montreal play each other. 
So yeah. this gives this 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 gets it out of the way. It's like, all right, you had the rivalry games. You might not get it in the actual playoffs, but at least you guys got it, right? You'll get a taste. Yeah, but you're also risking someone getting hurt and missing a series, and that's just as frustrating as not getting to see a Battle of Alberta game series. Yeah, in but my that, opinion, I'd still have been there if the Coyotes were playing the Stars or anybody else, and basically in the Western Conference because it's it's heavier play. That is true. That is very true. Um, yeah, but uh, other than that, uh, Sean, is there anything else from the exhibition game for Nashville at least stick out to you uh, as we head into the actual play-in games? Well, the one thing I can say is I was able to attend most of the training camp sessions, and as they got closer and closer to departing for Edmonton, I really noticed the intensity ratcheting up quite a bit. So much so to the point that I actually asked one of the players, I think I asked Ryan Ellis after one of the games, I said, you know, how are you guys deciding how far is too far out there playing against your own team? Because it's getting pretty intense. And he basically said, you know, look, we're not kind of drawing the line at, you know, no open ice hits, uh, no headshots, nothing like that. You know, but he said, we're not doing ourselves any favors if we're not playing as hard as someone's going to play against us. So I'm not... 100% surprised at seeing, um, I'm not 100% surprised seeing some of the things I'm seeing in these, these, uh, tune up games or whatever you want to call them. I guess I'm, I'm just surprised at kind of the intensity of some of those hits, if that makes sense. I'd say so. It does. But but they know that, you know, these exhibition games are the precursor to right into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And right. that's going to be the most intense. They're not going through exhibition to a regular season, then the playoffs. No, they're going right into the playoffs. So they have to ratchet that intensity up in order to get into a playoffs frame of mind. Yeah, it's not even like a five-game exhibition like series. It's you get one, and then you got to get going. Yep. One and done. Yeah. Luckily, there is, again, I'm glad they did have the exhibitions because, like I said, it's it's a good warm up. It gets it get allows you to shake off those legs and get ready for, you know, the games that matter. The Stanley Cup playoffs. It's it's again, it starts today, so we're going to be able to see those games uh, unravel, and, and let's see let's see who's ready. And it gives a good chance for everyone to be ready too. Uh, officials, broadcasters, uh, people who have to write pregame. Our preview posts. We all the, need to get ready. Game, game ops crew, you know, whoever's doing, whoever's running the actual games at the arena, all of it. And with that said, though, let's go ahead and start going actually into the series. Arizona Nashville, the six eleven matchup. Obviously, Nashville six, Arizona eleven. Um, what are you guys looking for in this? upcoming series. I think it's a pretty intriguing one myself, but what are you guys looking for? I think we're probably going to get a really good goalie battle on this one, and that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Having said that, it's probably going to be like seven goals per game, and both goaltenders are just like flopping all over the ice, Um, but I think that's more likely what we're going to get. Some nice goaltending. Carl? Seven goals per game. Are you kidding me? He's trying to make a bold take here. He wants, he wants to be featured. 
Arizona versus Nashville, both teams have trouble scoring. So I don't think we're getting seven goals per game. We'll be lucky to get three. I don't know. I it's I seem to going to be goaltending battles though. I seem to remember the last time Arizona and Nashville met in the playoffs. There was a couple of high scoring games, and Mike Smith Pecorine is just a bigger goaltending battle as uh, Darcy Kemper slash Antti Ranta uh, Pecorine. Both teams are entirely different. Yeah, we're talking entirely different teams, Carl. Like this is a, such a different, a whole different level, man. Uh, I wouldn't say. Well, yes, they are entirely different, but I would say that the Coyotes structurally are similar enough, if not more defensive than the team that met last time. Yeah, we're talking defensive here. So okay. there we go. It's not going to be. The structure might be the same, but I mean, the players are different. There's only one player on the Coyotes that played in that series. That's yes. Oliver Eckman Larson. How many, uh, Sean, how many players from Nashville played in the 2011 2012 playoffs? Oh. Do you even know? Maybe, maybe three. Maybe three. Maybe three. was one. That's the gimme. Yeah, I, it was Craig Smith still with the team then. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, so maybe three. I think they're a little bit different now, Carl. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes team identity lasts longer than the players. It's not a great example, and I'm sorry, um, <laughs> but I, I give up. Okay, okay. Strike what I said from the record. Uh, it's clearly I'm not going to live it down. <laughs> We'll put money on it right now. If we get seven goals a game in this five-game series, in this up-to-five-game series, I will Venmo you 50 bucks. How about if there's one game with seven goals, you Venmo me 25 bucks? Done. Awesome. Sean, do you want to edit on this action? Uh, we don't know how to do this during podcasts. I think I'm going to pass on that one. Um, I... <laughs> I can think of some other bets that we might, some prop bets we could set up, but I don't want to get in on that action now. That's that's fair enough. But, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and, uh, you know, toss the same question to you that what we were saying um, just earlier. What are you looking forward to or looking for for, really in this series? Um, You know, it's interesting. If, If you guys are aware, the Predators underwent a coaching change in January. And the biggest thing that everyone, at least in the Nashville hockey community, was discussing was at what point in the season would fans start to see what what we were calling the new Heinz system of the new coaches, John Heinz. And it was always a thing where oh, we're going to take a there's going to be a few games and then you should start seeing some changes and then we're going to get to the break and you're going to see a few more changes. And then maybe within a month or so, you're going to start seeing a, a full Hind system. And I, I don't think that he ever actually got to implement a full system. And so I think this pause and the ensuing training camp that went on really gave him his first opportunity to try to get what he sees the National Predators as being able to do on the ice in place. And they were a different look team in training camp versus the way they were playing immediately before the pause. So for, for me, I'm looking to see how this team has changed. Now, I saw a lot of things while I was at training camp that I, I started to see 
you know, I saw it in camp. I saw it in the game yesterday. I'm assuming that if I continue to see it on the ice as the series begins, then the team will look quite a bit different than it had before. And I don't mean major broad scale changes, but a lot of the guys that were kind of critical to some of the powerhouse scoring that you saw going on back in the, in the cup run in 2017 haven't really been up to form. And I think this, this breaks given them a chance to get back to form. So I think with those guys healthy and Heinz being able to, to figure out, okay, now that I have all of these tools in my toolbox, this is how I'm going to be able to use them best. That, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. I'm also looking forward to see uh, who's going to be the starting goaltender because we, in, in Nashville, there's a goalie battle. Um, what's it look like on y'all's end? Um, well, we're pretty sure that Darcy Kemper is going to be the starting goalie, but we know that, especially since uh, Nashville, Arizona is one of the series that actually has a back-to-back before you have any extra games. So we know that Auntie Ronto is going to get some play as well. Okay. It's a, a little different on on the Nashville end because I think for the longest time, when you think Nashville Predators, who's the player you think of in the goal? Pecorino. Right. Now, going into the pause, UC Soros had been starting and he was on fire. Uh, going into training camp, I was very curious to see which one of those guys was going to come out and look really strong the quickest. And it was very clearly UC Soros. And I'm not going to say that Pecorine looked bad. I just think he looked a little rusty, almost like it was going to take him a little bit more time to get up to speed, up to game speed. And leaving the last, I guess, training camp session and traveling to Edmonton, it, to me and to several people that I had spoken with, everyone was pretty sure that Soros would be the game one starter. Looking at the game last night, Soros started the game. They brought Pecorine in halfway through the game, and they both had incredible Incredible showings. Um, Pecorine faced much. It was a shutout, right? It was a shutout. Pecorine faced much more difficult shots than Soros did once Dallas started to come alive, but he stopped everything and he looked great doing it. So, really, for me, the first time I'm even considering Pecorine starting game one is after last night's game. So, I think if he's back on form and Soros continues to look as good as he's looked, even in a back to back situation, think the team is going to have a strong goaltender in the net. So I, I, can I ask a, the year. Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, you mentioned uh, that this was like his, um, the coach's opportunity to implement a new system to make it his own. Do you think it would be enough time for that? Because um, I don't imagine the team was doing too much during like the lockdown and, and things really start kicked into high gear when you're actually able to start practicing. Uh, I feel like it could be potentially kind of dangerous going into a playoff series with like a system that you just start learning. Do you think that they had enough time to kind of like perfect what he was going for? Now, I don't know that they necessarily made wholesale changes where they just threw the entire Peter Laviolette playbook out the window and said, let's start from scratch. But I think this gave him a chance when you're like, hey, well, you guys are home. Uh, maybe he sent out, you know, different different playbooks, things like that. These are things to start working on and thinking about. But the other thing I can say is that I think the team came back from being on quarantine or, or whatever their situations were. I think they came back in incredibly good shape. And, 
you know, a few years ago, there were a lot of guys on the team that were single, unmarried, you know, single guys, young guys. And now a lot of it was one of the older teams that's going to be participating in this whole uh, playoff series. And most of the guys are married and a lot of them aren't going out and doing as much of the things they used to do. And, and it seems like they came back into camp ready to go. Um, and I'm sure that you could say that of any team. Like, I would assume no one came back and they're like, yeah, I don't know about this, guys. I don't know if I want to do this. But they, they seem to come back in very good shape. They seem to be able to jump right into working very heavily on what Heinz wanted them to work on instead of your basic conditioning type skates. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily enough time to, to come in and say, hey, everything's new. But I will say I saw a, little, a lot of different things in camp than I had seen up until the season paused. So, so essentially what you're saying, like you, when you're at camp, you, you notice a bit of a different, uh, that, that different feel from these players, you know, like they, you know, the way that, like the way they were scrimmaging or whatever, you can tell slightly different scheme than the scheme that you were used to under the Peter, Peter Laviolette era. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things is that one of the tools that John Hines has never actually had full command of was Victor Arvidsson and his incredible speed, which which was pretty well on display. I think as far back as, as the cup run in 2017, he got uh, beaten down by Robert Bortuzzo uh, with, of the Blues earlier in the season and was out for a while. And I, I can't recall because it has been a considerable amount of time if he had also injured his foot or his ankle or something on that play where everyone was focused on his back. It was actually his foot that was messed up. And even though he played, he was not playing as fast as he can. He looked phenomenal on the ice. His wheels were definitely spinning as fast as possible. And kind of building off of his speed along with Rocco Grimaldi's speed down on the third line, uh, they are really focusing on getting through that neutral zone as quickly as possible. And when they when they have it all set up with those guys, it looks incredible. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to you know try to sound like oh man this team looks great they look perfect they're ready to go but even our, our shape of their life well even our local radio host that everybody likes to bag on because he's a negative Nancy is saying like wow that really changed my mind last night and that's kind of a big deal for the for this guy to say that kind of thing so um, they do look good they do look fast and I think they're really focusing on minimizing any kind of unnecessary penalties, the too many men penalties. They worked extensively on making efficient and effective line changes just to avoid those types of situations that put them on the penalty kill, would put Arizona on the power play, which is where Arizona hurt the Predators the first time they met earlier in the season. So it seemed like they're preparing for the kind of game they need to play against Arizona, and that is a fast game. Now, if, if Arizona starts getting in and slowing things down, that's where you're going to see that system lose some steam. But at least the way they're playing, they're really focusing on getting into the zone quickly, uh, getting into the zone with, with good control of the puck and just getting up to the net before anybody has a chance to really clog that, that, that lane up. Well, that's terrifying. I don't mean to scare you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, the fact that you mentioned the Arizona power play and that was supposed to be, like, a good thing for us. That's not good. Yeah. That's what I've heard. <laughs> and uh, the power play has struggled for um, years. Ever? Yeah, it seems like that. And uh, one of our strengths has always been the penalty kill. So, 
that's definitely something that you're going to want to watch out for. But also another strength is um, our neutral zone play. Getting the recovering their puck in the neutral zone is something that Arizona has been very good at. And even though we didn't see it in the exhibition game much, I'm hoping that we'll get to see it again in the series. And that's that's got to be why they were working on it so extensively in camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember the broadcaster saying a lot during the exhibition game that the Coyotes seemed like they were playing or had planned for the Predators. They were less concerned about developing an adequate uh, game plan for the Golden Knights, which makes sense. But I'd be interested to see if they can actually make that happen. Because I I could see the Coyotes slowing down the Predators. I think it'd be a tough matchup to do that, but I think Arizona could make it happen and it would frustrate a lot of people because a lot of people like to complain when Arizona does that. Yeah, they always try to claim that they play the neutral zone trap, but it's not that. They just go man-to-man in the neutral zone as far as I can tell. But I'm not that good with X's and O's, so feel free to correct me on that. Um, playing fast is something that they've wanted to do. They want to engage their D on the rush and get them uh, activated in the in the offensive zone too. So that's something you guys are going to want to look out for. Um, and hopefully they can get their power play cracking again, like they did in the beginning of the season. Well, that's you know what's funny is you you mentioned saying that one of Arizona's strengths was the penalty kill, and and I'll go ahead and say that the perennial weakness of the Predators has been the power play. So these things just I mean, keep lining up perfectly. At least it's not last season where the team, uh, I think, was second in shorthanded goals. Uh, yeah. The penalty kill is definitely not that this season. But Yeah, yeah. It, they, they were in the top five for actually suppressing uh, – suppressing power plays and also second in getting shorthanded goals. So that was a very fun PK season as we called it. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been quite that good this year, but there still have been a high suppression. Yeah. We, we had a really fun PK season a while back and then they traded them to the devils. <laughs> PK. Nice. Uh, yep. Yeah. So supposedly that was that trade was so that uh, the Devils would be able to re-sign Taylor Hall. Wonder how that worked out for them. Yeah. Where does he play now? <laughs> oh, I wonder. Hmm. Well, that is something that I, I am excited to see about this series is that Taylor Hall is fully recovered from his knee injury from last season. He's had a whole year to recover. OEL is recovered from his knee injury that he had. Uh, his surgery at the start of the season. And then Phil Kessel was playing with a groin injury throughout the entire first half of the season. So having those three guys back and fully healthy, not to mention Kemper and Ranta both were hurt at the same time, right after the Taylor Hall trade. So having everybody back and healthy is something I'm really looking forward to. You know, I don't know what you guys think about this. I kind of wish Kessel had maybe sat out a couple games and and recovered as opposed to limping through the entire season 
with injury just to keep his Iron Man streak. I always feel that way about players, though. Um, depending on the extent of the injury, I'm like, just sit down for a while. You're not doing any good out there on the ice. Just, you know, take a break. Yeah. Uh, I can certainly see that, though. I mean, is 80% of Phil Kessel better than no Phil Kessel? I don't know. Um, yeah. Might have been this year, but... <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, before he was in Arizona, I would say definitely in Arizona, where he doesn't have the same support, remains to be seen. All right, so um, before we, – we're going to take an ad break in just a quick second. But before we get to that, obviously I want to wrap up a bit of this preview for this series. Um, everyone who is a X factor uh, that you're looking forward to in this game, so obviously – no, we're going to hear you know, Coyotes, Coyotes players or Sean, you can give us a, a uh, Nashville Predator for us to look out to. Okay. So whoever wants to go first, Sean, actually, let's, uh, let's, let's pop to you first. Who's, uh, who's the X Factor for Nashville for this series? Okay. Um, I don't know how you know, crazy of a take this is, but I think the, the, this series really comes down to Ryan Johansson. And the reason I say that is that Johansson, when he is motivated and when he is in his best form, really drives play and is an excellent, uh, it's almost like, I, I'm trying to think of the right analogy I could use, but it's almost like he is the, he is the whetstone that sharpens the knife of Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson. And he had been in the doghouse a little bit before the pause happened, um, where he had been a healthy scratch. And then he came back and he played, I think, in the last game or the one of the last games and scored a few goals and really seemed like things were turning the corner. And he's someone who, for as much money as he cost Nashville, has come under scrutiny a lot for not really seeming like he's giving his full effort and one of the things that John Hines kept referring to throughout almost all of training camp and his media availability was talking about the mentality of the players and getting into a good mental state. And one of the players whose names kept coming up in that conversation was Ryan Johansson, which interestingly enough, Johansson, when asked about the same thing, referenced his conversations with John Hines and working on that mentality. So I feel like those two have been able to form some kind of relationship where they're on the same page and he's got Johansson, you know, firing on, on all cylinders because he looked phenomenal in camp and he has not looked that good in a very long time. I would say, um, you know, last time he looked this good was right up before his injury in the playoffs in 2017. So I think if he continues the type of play that I've seen out of him at camp, that that's going to be the difference maker. I mean, that's the first line. You have to have your first line center locked in and ready to go. And if he can come in and do that, I think that's going to be what's going to make the difference for the Predators in this in this series. All right, Carl Rose, who from Arizona is, are you looking forward to most as an X factor for this upcoming series? Okay, um, I'm going to say Connor Garland is actually going to be the X-Rector for the Coyotes. Um, he's been playing on the top line with Taylor Hall and Christian Dvorak for a while. 
Um, he got a little bit injured right at the end of the season, but he's back fully healthy now. And he's been their best goal scorer all season long, yet nobody knows his name really. <laughs> this is going to be the series where everybody learns who Connor Garland is. And um, as Rick Tockett likes to describe him, he's a darter. So he can get in and out of the corners really quickly. He can hang on to the puck. He's got good puck handling skills. And he goes to the net, despite the fact that he's one of the smaller guys on the team. He goes to the net, and he will not get out of the way until he can, you know, put the puck in or go get the puck or retrieve it or whatever. So I definitely think Connor Garland's our X factor. I'm glad that you mentioned Connor Garland. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to you, Carl, in just a sec, but I'm glad that you mentioned Connor Garland because obviously, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a huge fan of his as uh, someone who's been covering the Tucson Roadrunners the last couple of years. And he spent several, to- several times down there. Uh, I got a chance to see him grow into the player he is now. And I'm definitely glad that you picked him because I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I would say Garland is definitely a really good pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the easy, as easy pick of Taylor Hall. I think he is a major factor in the Coyotes advancing. The Coyotes need to get past this round in order to re-sign Taylor Hall, and they they need Taylor Hall in order to get past this next round. Uh, He was the lone goal scorer against... uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, I think he is going to be the major offensive factor for the Coyotes in this series. I think a lot of that is going to come through Connor Garland, um, but I feel like Hall is going to be the player that everyone's looking at. Yeah, I, I could definitely understand Taylor Hall too. I mean, yeah, he's another big he's another big guy too. He's you know, he's Arizona's, you know, he's, he's one of the biggest acquisitions of this, of, of the season. I'm not, or let's not even say one. He was the biggest acquisition of the season. You know, obviously you can say franchise. It's, it's fine. Taylor Hall is one of the biggest acquisitions of the franchise history. There we go. You could say it. You could say that too. Now, obviously if we look at the season two, uh, Phil Kessel was another big, was another big one. You're bring, you're bringing in that veteran leadership, someone who has Stanley cup experience, who can bring that to the table. And that's why, you know, I, I want to see what kind of a factor Phil Kessel brings in because, that, like I said, that veteran—you know—veteran leadership to me in the Stanley Cup playoffs on a team that's as young as the Coyotes, I think it's huge. Yeah, and we have a lot of it. Um, Carl just put up that post. We've got Richardson, Galagoski, Yarmolson. Yep. Um, we've got uh, Derek Stepan play, has played a bunch of Stanley playoff games, even though he hasn't won a cup yet. Kessel's got two cups. Uh, Ronta's got a cup. Didn't play at all in that uh, in that <laughs> postseason, but he still got a ring. <laughs> I was actually um, I'd forgotten Golagoski won one with the Penguins because that was that was a very long time ago. Uh, yeah. But yeah. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a, a very short break, and then when we come back, we will not only predict this series, but also predict the other play-in series for the first week of the Stanley Cup qualifiers. We'll be right back. You're listening to Desert Dogcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Desert Dogcast. Five for Howling and SB Nation's official Arizona Coyotes podcast. We got Rose, we got Carl in here. Once again, I'm Rob Leonio. Also, also, once again, fortunate fortunate enough to be joined by Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. Once again, we uh, in, in that last segment, we broke down the series. Now let's get to some prediction times, guys. Prediction time, guys. What do you guys have going in this series? This is like like I said at the earlier in this podcast. It's a very intriguing matchup, and it's one that I mean you could go either way. Uh, I mean, I think. Well, after today, I, I am much more afraid of the Coyotes, but I still have to give it to them. I think. Last night was not a good indication of the play that they're going to bring. I think it was a good in- indication of the consistency issues they've struggled with all season, but I feel like they're going to turn that around when it actually matters. I think it's going to be a close series, but I'm going to go with Arizona in five. Arizona in five. All right. I'll, I'll, I like that one. Let's go next. Um, I'll go next. Um, I guess hope springs eternal. I want it to be Arizona that wins so badly because we, we need to get to that next round to re-sign Taylor Hall. We need to get that next round to buck up the fan base and, um, get everybody rooting for this team again because they continuously shoot themselves in the foot. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm also going to say Arizona in five. See, that's what I want to happen. Here's the problem, Sean. Uh, you guys want to win. We need to win existentially. Uh... I understand. <laughs> it, take, it, it, it brings away some of the, uh, at least a little bit, some of the talk of, you know, everyone wanting Arizona to relocate to Quebec or Houston or literally any other city that's not Phoenix. If people could, they would do an Arizona should relocate to Albuquerque. Uh, do whatever they want. <laughs> but, uh, Sean, what's, what's your pick? Tell us how many games Nashville's going to win in. Well, you know, here's the funny thing. I'm going to say this, and this may be a little shocking, but I, I'm going to make a, a bold prediction here that Arizona will win the number one overall draft pick. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. Uh, okay. We've decided uh, right here. Uh, send it to Gary Batman. Okay. Um, so I think that's going to happen because I, I would love to say Predators in three just because a uh, nice, clean series. Nobody gets hurt. Everybody moves on. The Coyotes uh-uh. get the number one draft pick. The Predators move on healthy. But I'm going to say I'm going to say Predators in four because that fourth win would come on my birthday. And I will take that as a birthday present to me. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah. I, will, I, I, can, I, I, can, I can understand the logic behind that, that pick. You know, personally for me, uh, 
again, again like I said, I can re- I, I, I I can really go either way on this pick. The uh, you know trying to follow as much as I could on this team on both of these teams. It's def- like I said, it's definitely intriguing. Um, and it's, it's like we said earlier, it's going to be that goaltender battle. Who's going to who's get really going to be the better uh, goaltender or goaltenders? You know, with the tandem, and uh, ooh, it's 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 definitely going to be a tough tough one for me to call but uh no i think naturally as the as as the host of desert Dogcast here i kind of gotta make my pick i'm gonna say i'm gonna align with carl and rose here i'm gonna give arizona in five it's still gonna be a tough win it will be no matter, very no matter tough. who does it will be very tough I will say I have enough positive goodwill for Nashville from the last meeting that if they win and it's clean, I I will be fine with that. It's not like if we were to lose to the Detroit Red Wings or the Blackhawks. Nashville I'm fine with. (laughs) Yeah, those would would hurt quite a bit. All right, so to to recap our picks, Rose, Carl, and I all have Arizona in five and – Sean has Nashville in four. Let's go ahead and uh, start making some picks for the other series, guys. What do you say? Okay. And, and these will be pretty simple picks. We don't have to go too in-depth, but, you know, if you want to give some reasoning or not, you can. But uh, let's go ahead and because we are an Arizona team and we cover and, and they are in the Western Conference, let's start with the Western Conference. So that brings us to... Edmonton and Chicago as the first matchup we will we will talk about. Okay, I'll start. Um, Chicago really shouldn't even be in this play-in. Um, I don't think either of the 12th seeds should have been in, but I understand that they had to do that in order to even things out. Plus, it gets them a little extra ratings for those, those big markets. So yeah. I, I get it, but Chicago's not that good. <laughs> And it's and, funny too. Before, like, I'm so I'm sorry, cut, I'm cutting you off there, but I, I just I just really want to make this comment too. But it's funny that you said that they're not that good because I believe it was the uh, it was during the Battle of Alberta uh, broadcast where they were like, oh yeah, now now Edmonton's going to go up against the uh, I forgot what it, like I can't remember exactly what they said, but almost on, under like under like the terms of the red hot uh, Blackhawks, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Yeah, the Red Hot Blackhawks, who had four months off like everybody else. I don't know how they're red hot, but sure. Okay. Their jerseys are red sometimes, right? Yes. Maybe they were making a, a play on the fact that they were playing the Flames at the time. Hmm. Maybe. I don't, Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, Edmonton has... Two of the best players in the game in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Um, Dave Tippett has done a wonderful job coaching them and figuring out how to use those two guys effectively, which is something he's really good at. As you know, as long as their goaltending holds up, I think I think it's going to be Edmonton in four. Losing to the Chicago Blackhawks, who probably shouldn't be in the playoffs, would be the most Edmonton thing ever. Um, so I'm going to say it's going to happen. Uh, and I'm 
just imagining a complete implosion by the Oilers because they're going to look past Chicago. Uh, so I'm going to say Chicago in four. I hate that prediction. I don't want either of them to win, but I'm going to stick by it. Someone has to. <laughs> Someone has to. It would be kind of hilarious for Edmonton to lose in the play in and then the playoffs continue in their building. <laughs> See, it's the most Edmonton, so it has to happen. The hockey gods both love and hate the Oilers. No, that's that, that, that's that's pretty logical. I I understand that. Sean, what do you got? I've got Oilers and four. Uh, Drysital frightens me, and I'm pretty sure he's going to go on a tear. Yeah. I, I I definitely agree with you on that one. I agree with like a lot of people. I'm Drysital, you know. I think from probably what a lot of people are gonna say, he's he's like almost like the runaway winner for the Hart Trophy. I think he's you know he is that guy. He's done such a phenomenal job, you know, with with the Oilers this season, and he's just that crazy good. Not and it helps that he's you know alongside you know a uh, a near godlike player in Connor McDavid too. So that with that said. I think a lot of I think this series also I wouldn't say it's dependent on but it, a factor is made in what Corey Crawford does with Chicago. Is he going to be like Stanley Cup caliber Corey Crawford that we saw in 2013 and 2015 or is he you know going to be the injury rid himself that he's been these last couple seasons? I think it very well could be the latter. And with that said, I don't again. Chicago shouldn't even be here. I got Edmonton in three. Ooh, the sweep. Right. Moving on, we got Vancouver and Minnesota. Vancouver. Uh, I don't think Minnesota is going to do much. They seem to exist as a franchise and as a team. Uh, I think they're going to put up a fight, but I think Vancouver has this one in four again. I don't like five uh, five game rounds. It, it's very difficult to find an even ground. It feels like I'm, you know, rooting for a sweep. A five game series is an easy one to co- kind of comp out on. Hmm. This is a tough one because up until the exhibition game, I definitely would have said it was Vancouver, but Minnesota tends to be a sneaky team at times. Um, They could actually maybe take on Vancouver, but I don't think they would get much further than that. Uh, Yeah, I'll go with the wild and five. Ooh, I like that pick. What do you got, Sean? Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I probably watch the Wild a lot more than I should, mainly because they have a lot of former Predators on the team, enough so that uh, sometimes they are referred to uh, Predators North. Um, but I think Kevin Fiala, who came from Nashville to Minnesota, is uh, going to really catch on fire in this series. And I think the Wild are going to – Get the sweep against the uh, the Canucks. So wild in three. Yeah. Okay. Oh. okay. 
Definitely a bold pick. And and you know what? Again, I love bold picks. But I yeah, this is one I could go either way. Um I like Vancouver. I've been, you know, I've, I've been following a lot of their youth. I think, uh, again, you know, Elias Pettersson, he's a phenomenal player. And they also have, you know, Quinn Hughes. This is like that. I like, I really do like Vancouver. I want to say, I, I want to put it lower on this one, but I, it's an interesting series for me to pick. Um, you know what? I'm just going to make a kind of a more of like a simple pick. I'm going to say just Vancouver and four. That's really interesting that uh, you have that affinity for the wild. I would think with the, the Suter acquisition, you would just be like, nope, they're dead to me as a franchise. Um, you know, a lot of the hatred's really directed more at Suter than the wild, I guess you could say for me. Um, yeah. He just wanted what Zach Parisi was getting. Yeah. Well, his contract will end sometime in the next century, I believe. So, yeah, it's you know, it's 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 written down there somewhere that maybe it will end at some point in time. Uh, but that's that series. Uh, so we also have the the final play in for the Western Conference, and that is Calgary and Winnipeg. Two of the better Western Conference teams, in my opinion. I'm going to go with Calgary in five. Calgary in five. Rose? Well, that is going to be a tough matchup. Um, But I've seen Calgary completely biff it in the playoffs before. And I'm not really not sure about their goaltending still with Dave Rodich and Cam Talbot. But I hate the Jets too. And I don't want them to go on, but I think it's going to be the Jets in four. Jets in four? Okay. Okay. Sean, what do you got? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say something I don't want to say and something I don't like saying and that something I'm not particularly happy is going to be recorded of me saying. Um, but I'm going to go with what Rose said and say uh, Jets in four. And my main reason behind that is possibly one of my least favorite players in the league, Connor Hellebuck, is an incredible goaltender. And I don't like saying it. I don't – I'll – disavow that I ever said it and I'll I'll deny it as much as I can but he's uh he's in he's at the top of his game and if he comes in hot like he had been um I don't think I don't think the Flames are going to stand a chance I think the Flames have enough pieces to at least test him and it's it's crazy time so he's not exactly coming in hot it's not like he has half a season of momentum coming into this like everyone else he's been sitting at home for the past couple months uh so yeah i i don't know if hellbuck is gonna be as good in the playoffs as he was in the season i'm not predicting he's going to be bad i want to say that right now but i don't think he's going to be as good and uh i will leave it at that so we won't see god mode hellbuck but we'll just see a decent Kind of help, but. Yeah, it's like if you're playing Doom, 
there's god mode and then there's just infinite ammo mode and infinite ammo mode you can still die but you know you're still gonna kill most of the i don't know i forget what's in doom the giant floating redheads you know guys the other reason that the flames might not make it is because i don't think tobias reader scored 12 goals this season that is a problem. He's he's not scoring enough goals. It's all Tobias Reader's fault. <laughs> Always is. But uh, Sean, did you give us a, a number of games? Four. Four games. Yeah. And you have Winnipeg. I'm going to side with you on that one. Winnipeg and four. Um, like I said, like like what you were saying, I do like Connor Hellebuck. I mean, I don't. Well, I can well, say no. I like him because no, but, I don't like him. I don't yeah. like him. Well, you don't like him, but like no. I. But you you say he's good, and that's what I'm that, that's what I mean when I'm saying I like him. I like him because I I think he's a good player. Um, but and it's gonna and I think that's what's gonna make the difference. And because of that, I'm gonna say Winnipeg in four. That leaves us a win. Calgary wins. All of you guys are just gonna eat crow, and I'm gonna love it. Okay. Yeah, sure. Have you ever eaten crow? No, I have not. Hmm. Well, if they taste anything like crow eggs, you're not going to like it. <laughs> Again, oh have you eaten crow eggs? <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna go down that road right now. <laughs> you can't bring it up and then not go down that road. You can eat any egg. <laughs> this Doesn't is true. Good. Yeah, at least this, this to me, this still doesn't sound as weird as uh, some of the things that I would see be eaten in the Philippines or some other, like you know, Southeast Asia, like the. Uh, Dude, I, um, I've eaten rattlesnake here. I, I still actually funny that you mentioned that. I still need to eat rattlesnake. My promise to the hockey gods, I had to eat rattlesnake, and I still haven't done it. And that's probably why my hometown isn't doing so well. <laughs> yes, it's your fault that the sharks are bad. It is probably hockey gods are mad. I didn't fulfill my promise. Uh, <laughs> I think the only place I ever knew to get rattlesnake was like rawhide. So yeah. wrestlers roost. One oh, of those God. very western Arizona places where you're like Arizona's not really like this. This is kind of for the tourists. Yeah. By the way, it's rubbery. Yeah, I remember looking at it and not yeah. trying it, and yeah, it looked rubbery. Let's go to the Eastern Conference, guys. What do you say? Let's go. First game, first series: Pittsburgh, Montreal. And I know I'll, from what the before I get really let you guys turn it over, I'm already gonna you know predict what you guys are saying. Montreal shouldn't be in here. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. So I'm going with Pittsburgh in three because they're all healthy. They've got Jake Gensel back. Yeah, Carey Price can be on, but he usually has a slow start. So I think it's going to be Pittsburgh in three. I'm going to go Pittsburgh in four uh, for all of those reasons, but I think Montreal's going to show up for one game. Fair enough. Sean, what do you got? I've got Canadians in five. I don't like the Penguins. <laughs> I mean, who does like penguins? Right. I actually do like the penguins because everyone hates the penguins. Like, 
So I reflexively am like, all right, the majority of hockey has to be wrong. Uh, so yeah, uh-huh. I will defend Sidney Crosby. Uh, so Whoa. there's that. Contrarian. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely, I am contrarian for being the best hockey player for a very long time is actually a good hockey player. That's <laughs> the contrarian view of being an NHL fan. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that fans hate the Penguins because analysts love them so much. All because yes. of Sidney Crosby. Yes. And yes. Malkin. Yes. And Malkin. You have two of the best centers in the game and you're going to have good numbers and analysts are going to like them. I don't know. I think a lot of people just don't like Sidney Crosby for a variety of reasons, and uh, that just bleeds into not. I mean, you do have that rival. You have that Sid, that that Sid and Ovi rivalry, which everyone picks a side. And if you if you're an Ovi fan, you hate you hate Crosby and vice versa. It's it just makes sense. Is but, it weird that I don't hate either? Yeah, I don't hate either. There's <laughs> well, like yeah, there's that. There, I mean, you have the middle ground. Obviously, you're, it's like it's not binary, but if you're if you're de- definitely geared towards one side, you're going to hate the other. Yeah, but the reasons I don't like uh, Ovechkin is for off ice reasons, um, not anything to do with this play. I think he's a right, phenomenal player. That said, though, I've got Pittsburgh in four. Um, I do think that Montreal is going to win maybe at least one game. Maybe it's like a you know lucky bounce or whatever, but Pittsburgh's by, you know, far and away the better team in this series. And I want to see how far the, the, you know, the Penguins can take my, my, my boy, Patty Marlowe, as far as he, as he can get, because he, he still needs that. to raise that cup. That elusive cup. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the next series, Carolina and New York Rangers. What? Oh, are you saying the New York Rangers or are you picking the Rangers? No, I'm yeah, saying was... Carolina and the New York Rangers. Oh, okay. Rangers because got... there's two New York teams in the playoffs. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought you were picking the Rangers. I was no. like, nope, you are no. fired, Rob. There is no way I'm picking the Rangers in this one. Even even if Shesterkin you know, is a solid goal, goalie in the, in the series, which I think it's going to be Shesterkin, but that, that aside... Carolina is still the better team. Yeah. So I will like because of that, I'm just gonna go ahead and start with my prediction. I'm gonna say just Carolina and four. How bad? Carl? I feel bad for Henrik Lundqvist, um, but I think it's Carolina and three. Wow. How about you, Sean? I've got Hurricanes and four. I think I think the Rangers are gonna get lucky on one game. Okay, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Rangers have almost always beat the Hurricanes. <laughs> um, Lundqvist is like a hurricane killer. Um, and I don't think the other goalies have, have been too bad for them either. So, so I'm I, actually going to go with the Rangers in five. Rangers. Hmm. You know, I, I still don't know. Like, and like I said, I, I don't think the Rangers are going to put in Lundqvist. Like, well, Lundqvist, Shesterkin, even Georgiev, they're all good. They are. I'm not, and I'm not discounting that. But I mean, we, we crow about, you know, Arizona and Nashville having, you know, a good goalie tandem. 
They've New got- York's got goalie triplets. <laughs> goalie triplets. Yeah. I think it's a long shot, but I think the Rangers in five because I think the Hurricanes are going to get going to get in their own heads, especially without the crowds and without being able to do their little um, skull clap and and uh, the uh, storm surge. That's it. Yeah, there we go. Storm surge. I was looking for that name too. I'm like storm storm surge. There we go. It's been 84 is, years since we've had one. Is the NHL saying they can't do that stuff, or if they're designated for the home, can they still? perform in front of an empty crowd doing a storm surge to an empty arena well i don't know what's the point of doing the national anthem to an empty arena i mean here's where like i'll be fair about the storm surge though i mean the players have a lot of fun doing it and i'm not even sure if it's maybe about you know uh, you know really yeah a lot of it's engaging the fans but a lot of it is just for them having fun after they win like let's be real yeah i feel like the Carolina Hurricanes are probably the franchise that has the most fun being professional hockey players. It's like being a beastie boy in the nineties. I, 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 I can say, I, I can see that. But uh, everyone's given their predictions, right? Got it. Uh, Sean. Did yeah. You... I did one. Yeah. Yeah. Canes and four. All right. Sorry. Rose's prediction just kind of like completely threw me. So I forgot. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I really want the Canes to win. I just don't think they're gonna. I just don't think they're gonna. Uh, that brings us to the next series: New York Islanders and the Florida Panthers. Okay, well, this one's like a toss-up, but like in the worst way. <laughs> yeah, how many people are gonna watch this, this series? Like for real? I'm like I, I, I personally like. It seems like out of the, all of the series, I think this is probably the one I'm going to be the most disinterested in. Uh, anytime like the something's going to happen. Anytime the wild plays, I'm most disinterested in them. I, I think I'm going to give it to the Panthers in five. I'm not sure why. I, I do not trust the Islanders. They seem too good to be true. Uh, and I think the Panthers are probably better than their record indicates. And I don't have any evidence to support either of those opinions. This is pure gut right now. I don't right. know. The Panthers were selling at the deadline, so I'm actually going to go with the Islanders in four. Um, the Panthers were, were not good this year, and it mostly came down to goaltending. And in a series like this, that's what's going to make or break you. And if Bobrovsky's not on right away, then I think it's going to be Islanders in four. I actually forgot who the Florida Panthers had in goal. Because uh, I'm like, uh, it, it's not Luongo anymore. But then I was like, oh, yeah, that giant black hole that is Bobrovsky's contract. Um, that's a goal. And black holes absorb everything around them, so nothing's going to get in. Fair enough. Sean, what do you got? Um, so I, I definitely remembered who the goaltender for the Panthers is, and that's why I feel very confident in head coach Barry Trotz and the Islanders winning in three. <laughs> Going straight for, for that in three. Okay. <laughs> I can feel that. See, even though you got different coaches, you got different, you, you got, you know, a lot of different personnel, I'm sure 
people will remember what the last time these two teams played each other in the playoffs. John Tavares barely, you know, gets sent, sends the Islanders to the second round. Obviously, Tavares is, is, a, is a leaf now, but I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure there are members of Florida that remembers that, and they're still better. Maybe that will be a motivating factor. Who knows? Florida also has happens to be coached by uh, Coach Q, who I am. Uh, he was, you know, still one of the best coaches out there. It's definitely a toss-up for me. But I'm going to go make a weird pick on this one. I'm going to go Florida in five. That is my pick. Why are you saying weird? Because you're weird. Yeah, because you're weird. I got to say, like, the fact that I didn't remember who Florida's goaltender was, uh, it's probably a bad side when I pick them. Because uh, that should not happen. <laughs> but they have former Coyote Keith Yandel, uh, and he continues to do good things. Um, so... Uh, yeah, in Florida maybe. Yeah, Florida sure. maybe. Yeah. Uh, why yeah. not them? I'm pretty sure why the Coyotes not? already have that, but just give it to Florida too. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to the final play-in series, and that's Toronto and Columbus. Carl, let's hear from you first. Me first. Now, you know, let's go with Sean first. Well, you know, I, I've got probably a strange take on this. Uh, I've got the I've got the Blue Jackets in four. However, um, really, my main goal in choosing that was that I I don't want to see the Maple Leafs play the Bruins again. So, I just want to avoid the possibility of that series. So let's just go ahead and get them out early. Anybody wants to see the Maple Leafs and Bruins anymore? I no. mean, I kind of want to do because Toronto's heart keeps breaking, and that will never not be funny. Uh, I I will say I want Toronto to only have failure in the playoffs. So a young Austin Matthews decides to go to greener pastures when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So I am going to say uh, Columbus and five. You know, I, you, you said Austin Matthews getting buying greener pastures, but you know Arizona is not green, right? <laughs> it's green enough. <laughs> Cacti are green. Yeah, that's about the only thing that's green. Yeah, but he knows that. Fair enough. I mean, Scottsdale, uh, where you can afford to have your lawn professionally watered, uh, is green. Scottsdale's you know, a lot greener than downtown phoenix where i'm at yeah and all the golf courses are green too yeah which makes which makes everyone's water bill crazy high yeah i thought i was gonna be um on the outside here going with columbus in four and i was just doing that because i didn't choose Edmonton to lose. And so I really do want one of the home teams to lose and then have to watch everybody else play in their building. So that's rooting for chaos. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I always root for chaos. Um, it will make all of the Torontonians sad and that's never a bad thing. And um, also uh, because this matchup is interesting because it's, it's an all offense team versus an all defense team. Um, as you know, 
It's defense that wins championships. Ah, uh, the good old saying, defense wins championships. Don't you just love it? So, Columbus in four. I'm with everybody. I, 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 I was looking at this matchup for a while, and I like Columbus as a team. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the style of coach that John Tortorella is. He's the, uh, again, the I don't give, like, not the, what's the best way of putting it? Lightly. Uh, let's just say he's, he's, he's very hard on the team. And, uh, you either love him or you hate him. You love him or you hate him. I'm on the band that loves him because of how real he is. If this team sucks, he gives it to them and he knows it. And he, he, won't, even, he won't even worry about saying it to the media. He's like, yeah, these guys sucked. And that's, you know, I think that tends to be, I, I don't know, it could be a it could be motivating factor or it could, you know, demotivate them. I would hope it'd be the former. And I think this again, but that, that aside, this Columbus team is really good. I'm going to have also Columbus in four. And that rounds out the play-in series. Um, you don't want to go too much into the round, uh, into the round robin because that's really just round robin. But uh, let's... Yeah. Go, um, go that's the thing is I don't know how to predict the round robins, and that's going to lead into the, the seeding for the next round. So, um, yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, and, I, and that, that's like a, a whole – that's a whole other thing. We could have made another whole episode about it, but let's not because – that just will eat up like a whole, you know, 90 minutes just talking about that. It'd be yeah, like so 45 I'm... minutes explaining the rules of the round robin in the playoffs. Uh, and then yeah. 45 minutes trying to figure out who is going to be in it and what the match is. Yeah, I don't even know if I picked up a winner of the round robin. I don't even know who they would play. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so that said... Let's hear conference champions and maybe a brief explanation why. Sean, because you're our guest, let's go ahead and hear from you first. Who wins the East? Who wins the West? Uh, the Eastern Conference, I'm going to give to the Flyers of Philadelphia, uh, mainly because I think they have been a team that has really brought it all together and looks really hard to beat. And the Western Conference, I'm going to give it to the Colorado Avalanche, mainly because they have Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> it may be the only reason I need. <laughs> Let's hear from Rose now. What do you got? For the Eastern Conference champion, I am going to go with... Um... Let's go with Tampa Bay. They finally get further in the playoffs. <laughs> is where they should have gotten before. And, happened last year. Yeah. And then for the Western Conference champion, I'm going to go with um, Golden Knights. I think they're firing on all cin- cylinders. And now that they have a, a good goalie duo, I think they're going to go all the way to the conference championships again. I guess me next? Yeah, go ahead. I I, I forgot to uh, dwell on Rose picking Vegas, but, you know. (laughs) 
So I did it just to piss you off. Yeah, I mean, it's good enough reason. You, to make you up. It. I I do feel that one of the play-in teams is going to win or is going to make it in. Uh, I I also am going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think they are still one of the best teams in hockey, um, and I think they're a little bit more rested um, compared to last season. Uh, it does remind me a lot of the Red Wings, who, you know, they – did they overtake their best season record or they were right there with them? Uh, so Tampa Bay in the East, I don't like it, but I'm going to go Colorado in the West. <laughs> I still want it to be like St. Well, I want it to be the Coyotes, but I th- I think St. Louis would probably be the better pick, but something tells me Colorado's got this one. Um, yeah. All right. Now for me, I can in, in the East. Literally for anybody, it's really easy for someone to pick Boston for multiple different reasons. I'm not saying I'm going to because I'm not. But I'm saying it really is easy to pick Boston because, well, they were the best team by far in the regular season. But as we know, it's been several months. And, well, it's also the playoffs. All bets are off. That, and also that said, I do believe that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to get a breakthrough again, make it to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 2015. That will be on the Eastern. And the West, I'm on the fence between St. Louis and Colorado. Remember in the last ep- the, one of the previous episodes, I was jokingly saying Dallas, but no. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it to Colorado. Um, and, all, in, and for the same reason that Sean said when he gave his reason is because they have Nathan McKinnon. And and like he said, it's literally the only reason you need to yep. give Colorado the, the Western Conference title in this case. Statistically, it is likely that at least one of the teams is going to be one of the play-in teams. Uh, and none of us pick the play-in teams. So <laughs> we're all probably going to be wrong in some small way. I mean, everyone loves to pick a top four team even in a regular playoffs, just because it's easy, you know, because they have the easiest path. But also remember last year we had wild card madness in which all the top, all the first seeds lost. So in uh, the first round, it was great. Yeah, it was amazing. I loved it. Plus we have the wild card this season of the, the playoffs are getting reseeded every round. So this is true. I really don't know who's going to play who. <laughs> yeah. I will say, as a person from New York State, it is always easy for me to pick against Boston. Just in general. Nails on a chalkboard, that accent. Fair enough. So, that leads us to a final prediction. Yes. And that is, who is your Stanley Cup champion? Well, with all apologies to you, Rob, I'll go ahead and go first. But uh, I always wrote for the team that has never won a cup. And since I picked Tampa Bay versus Vegas, I have to go with Vegas. I'm never inviting you on this podcast again. 
Uh, I mean, I do not have that uh, problem, and I am always willing to root against Colorado. Uh, and I do think that the Lightning are all around a better team. I think the Avalanche have gotten to be a better, well-rounded team, but they still seem a little bit too top-heavy for me. And I think that Vegas is going to be able to counter that. I'm Or not Vegas. Tampa Bay. I feel like the uh, Lightning are going to win this one. All right. Sean, what do you got? If, if you recall, my Stanley Cup finals were the uh, Avalanche playing the Flyers. Um, now, I really, really tempted to choose the Flyers. Um, but again, going back to my reasoning for choosing the Colorado Avalanche as the Western Conference champions of Nathan McKinnon, I will also choose the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup because of Nathan McKinnon. Okay. Uh, again, all very, very sound reasoning. And, you know, the only reason you need to, to pick Colorado. For me, I also, I do have the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the cup. And uh, I just think, again, they've, they've, they've gone through so much, uh, uh, what's the, just so much heartbreak, kind of, just disappointment, I'll say. Disappointment in the last couple of years, obviously being the, uh, uh, being swept in the, in the first round, going all, you know, not ha- having all that trouble, you know, I, they, they definitely want to win. And that, that's all they need. They need that, they, they need that, uh, that fight in them to win and I'm also a little bit biased in this pick because I want to see one of my other boys Barclay Goodrow aka the Vegas killer to get a cup I think after what he did last year he earned my, the year he earned my utmost respect and I think t- Tampa Bay wins And that's all. So now, I, the Islanders are definitely going to win the cup, right? That we none of us picked them, so it's going to be some team like that, right? Naturally, the Capitals again. No, although I will, I will say this, Carl. Remember, I tend to be right half the time when it comes half to the time. It. Yes, I got one right of the Stanley Cup Finals last year. One team. Right. I was a couple games clo- close to being two for two, but yeah, but. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Well, you know, I think I'll be right. I got this. Oh, I think I'm going to be absolutely wrong. That's how this always works. Uh, My sister asked me to help her with a bracket. I'm like, I am historically bad at these. My predictions are not good. If it's anything like how much madness really is, I might have a shot because, well, I tend to be decent on those brackets. I may not get, I mean, like I said, half right. I tend to get two out of the final four right. So, uh, that said, though, I think it's time to close things off um, because we spent a lot of time talking everything and we went to a cup. We all locked in our cup 
picks, our conference picks, and our series picks. Now that now that's all recorded, guys, no one backs out because we will go back to this later. Yeah, we'll be monitoring Twitter, and if you say anything other than what you said tonight, you will be uh, getting a stern talking to. I will. I, I will. Uh, on I would purposely copy your tweet, get a clip of this podcast, and send it to Old Tech Exposed just so everyone else can see that you. Well, that's not fair. When Sean's already disavowed his his Winnipeg pick. What? What? <laughs> I don't remember choosing Winnipeg. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, he just blacked out for a couple seconds, and a pick was made. We didn't ask questions. Yeah. He's our guest. We're not going to ask questions. Right. Okay, then. Uh, anyways, once again, we'll go ahead and close things off. So as a reminder, let's go ahead and just do this. So the Arizona Coyotes and the Nashville Predators – once again, they will clash in Edmonton this Sunday at 11 a.m. Arizona time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. You'll be able to watch those games on Fox Sports Arizona, and I looked up also Fox Sports Tennessee. And if you're outside those regions, you get on the USA Network, even if you're inside. But obviously, I'm sure you want to listen to your own local broadcasters if you're able to, because why not? Also, anyways, but... Thanks again to Sean Smith from On The Four Check for joining this podcast. Thank you all for listening to Desert Dogcast today. From Carl Pavlik, Rose Ford, I'm Rob Leonio, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody.